Bambi, 1942. The formalist era's anthropomorphism peaks in Bambi, as do many technological feats being developed over the studio's first six years of filmmaking. Like Dumbo, Bambi foregoes the storybook opening, but it largely operates on the same fairy tale simplicity as it focuses on coming of age and how love cycles through life in the titular Deer story. Unlike Dumbo, however, Bambi takes itself very seriously in its intentions and direction. With a runtime just over an hour, Bambi does not waste a second as it displays details of the forest that it's set in. The plot is relatively light, and time is primarily spent creating quiet and tender moments of character utilizing the peak of the studio's hyperrealism. The film starts with another long tracking shot looking into various points of the forest, but the achievement of scale surpasses the film's predecessors. Love is a Song is playing over the opening credits before this shot, and the lyrics set up the film's themes, namely the perseverance of love despite hardships and loss. The lyric, one simple theme repeating, is where I find the core of the film's ideas lie. The plot centers Bambi, who is born at the start of the film, and he makes friends and learns about the world and its dangers from his mother. During winter, his mother is shot by a hunter. It is at this point Bambi spends time with his father, and the film jumps ahead to when Bambi and his friends have matured and begin meeting partners of their own, before the movie ends on Bambi's children being born and the opening song plays again. The story is simple, a portrait of nature that displays the concept of love as a truth that will always be present and repeating despite loss. The two things that make Bambi a success are the tight run time and how gorgeous the animation is. As the opening tracking shot reaches its conclusion, an owl flies into frame and perches itself in a tree and other animals begin to wake up. As the film takes its time, and no detail nor animal is too small to be crafted perfectly and imbued with lifelike movement and personality. The hyper-realism of Bambi showcases what Paul Wells calls, quote, the invisibility of its aesthetic achievement, in contrast to Dumbo, which includes several sequences more cartoony in style. Hyperrealism is established with those rules of strengths borrowed from how live-action films are directed, and while I think there are limitations from Disney Studios industrializing the animation industry on this style and formula, ultimately the films they created in this era are spectacular. Bambi takes the detail of animal movement that quietly amplifies Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs and evolves it to an extreme new level, not just in how groups of animals move together, but in the sheer detail in Bambi himself. The first time the audience sees Bambi is as he learns to walk, stumbling and wobbling around, often falling back on a beat of the soundtrack. This is another shared trait with Snow White, which may be attributed to both films having David Hand as supervising director. After Bambi learns to walk, talk, and make friends in charming and cute sequences, the clouds darken with rain and he goes home to sleep with his mother as the film begins its crowning achievement, Little April Shower. During Little April Shower, Bambi watches rain fall onto plants around him, and for the audience, this is in time with the score. This sequence is the epitome of no detail too small. Rain drips down and collects on the leaves, pours over roots and rocks as it flows into a small stream, and the camera follows it to see all the animals in the wood responding to the weather. One mother bird is seen running through the rain covering children, and the movement of the character camera and rain droplets slipping down the wings is truly remarkable even without considering the time it took and the limitations of technology. Halfway through the sequence, lightning strikes, again in time with the score, and this allows for quick flashes of light to shade Bambi as he makes quick, startled movements, further instilling his personality, verisimilitude, all the while the scene looks phenomenal. The second half of the sequence characterizes the storm as vicious, with the use of jagged and quick shadows, creating a visual unease as Bambi is in fear of it, until the sun comes out and calm returns. Water drops still residually shine on branches until the camera ends on a puddle reflecting the sun's orange hue. I would describe this sequence as a culmination of the formalist era's strengths and the pinnacle of its accomplishments. The movement of the animals is remarkable, and the character beats are perfectly timed and matched in tone with the scoring and vocals of the song. 
The song not being sung by a character does not feel like a hyper-realist limitation so much as a hyper-realist creative decision to depict characters as lifelike in such a manner where they do not break out into song. After this sequence, Bambi's mother takes him to the meadow, a nice but potentially dangerous place for them to spend time. It is in this sequence that Bambi meets Feline, a young doe that he plays with and eventually mates with at the end of the film, and he sees adult stags, notably the Great Prince, named this because he has lived longer than the others. After Bambi's mother is shot, the Great Prince is confirmed to be Bambi's father. As he is leaving the meadow in his first scene, he can tell that man is in the forest and runs back, instructing everyone to flee for their safety from hunters in a harrowing sequence of survival that marks foreshadowing for what is to come. Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs briefly deals with death as a threat, but the tone and plotting of the film make it clear that Snow White will survive as True Love's kiss is revealed to break the poison before she even eats the apple. Bambi depicts the death of Bambi's mother with no such uncertainty or suspense of resolution. When the two are chased by a hunter in winter, Bambi escapes out of the frame as a gunshot is heard and the camera holds as his mother does not follow, and in the next shot he begins telling his mother that they made it until he sees what the audience sees. She is not there with him. He returns to the field hoping to find her, the audience dreading the point in which the truth dawns on him, but he finds his father, the great prince, who tells him she can no longer be with him in a visually dark, snowy moment of genuine silence. After these beats, the two walk together, and the film returns with Bambi having grown up and returning to these woods to reunite with his friends. The trio of friends, Bambi, Thumper the Rabbit, and Flower the Skunk, recognize each other and run into the friendly owl's tree, knocking him into seeing double, which the audience gets to see as well in an impressive effect. The owl describes the feeling of love, of being twitterpated, is like walking on air, and when Bambi reunites with Feline, there is a quick dream sequence of the two running through clouds as a look into that emotional high. This dream sequence fades in and out seamlessly and feels like a heightening of emotional beats and not a diversion from the hyperreal, subtle and serene compared to the surreal sidebar of Pink Elephants. Bambi, however, must fight off another stag who wants to mate with Feline, giving the audience a quick scene to show that Bambi has become like the adults he admired in the meadow before. The film's final set piece involves Bambi waking to the smell of smoke as he learns, from his father, that man is encroaching deeper into the animal's home. He loses track of Feline, who gets chased by hunting dogs until Bambi saves her and, when making his own escape, gets shot. The fire from the camp is spreading to the forest, seen in a haunting orange hue above the trees and animals in hiding, a sinister mirror of the calm orange sun from Little April Shower. Bambi's father gets his son to stand up again, and they all escape as the animals continue to live on, despite the forces of man disrupting their lives. The film ends on another jump forward in time, seeing Bambi's friends now having their own family and Feline welcoming two new fawn into the woods, with a scene matching Bambi's first steps in both theme and visual accomplishment. The camera lifts to see Bambi and his father watching on, as Love is a Song leads into the ending card, once again reminding the audience that at the core of this story is a simple theme repeating. Nature perseveres, as does love. After only five films, the Disney studio has polished their filmmaking in such remarkable ways that are on full display in Bambi, setting an incredibly high watermark of detail that is never exactly met again. The toll that the war takes on the studio's output is visible for the rest of the 1940s as production shifts to package films to keep afloat financially, but their animation, aesthetic, and storytelling toolset evolve in a unique direction in the process. Next up, Saludos Amigos, 1943. Please go to ghostofjoe.com to see all these essays. You can also find a link to this one directly in the show notes of this upload. And there you will find in-text citations and works cited. And share it with anyone who you think cares a lot about Disney animation. You can also find myself on Twitter at ghostofjoe, ghostofjo. The music used in this audio version is from The Skeleton Dance, a Disney Silly Symphony short. Thank you for listening and reading.